Please enjoy your success. And what I mean by that is that, you know, a lot of players will get emotionally caught up in whether they go 0 for 4 or whether they go 4 for 4, and you don't seem to worry about either one. Not, not really. I, um, that was one of the things uh, definitely my father instilled in me is that you never get too high, you never get too low, and especially in baseball. Baseball, when you're going well, it's a very humbling game. And so, you know, you, you, you just go out there, and your main focus when you step on the field is try to win the game, help the club win. And so no matter what you did, if you go over four, but you could have made a great defensive play to help them win, and, and that's your main concern. And understand that there's always a game tomorrow, and if you let your emotions take over, that's when you're going bad. Well, could, could, make it continue throughout the, you know what I mean, for the next day. And that was one thing that was very stressed, that you stay even keel and you take each each day as a separate day. I've always found that players, no matter what the sport is, David, have a certain mentality. Now, in the NFL, the personality and the mentality of wide receivers is certainly different than, say, a linebacker or a defensive back. So let me turn that around just a little bit. The mentality and the emotional makeup of a shortstop, because it's a very unique uh, position. I think you've heard as well as I have that the strength of a team is catching pitcher short second and center field so what is the mentality makeup of most shortstops um you got to be mentally tough you got to be in the game at all times and you got to be making sure you know um what everything is going on and so i think i think it's one of those things you mean you get you hear a lot about it as as being like for a catcher's position where they really know the game but i think at shortstop, it's the same thing in which you're trying to read what pitch the pitcher's going to throw, and and you really have got to be into the game and and um, be ready and try to predict like the next thing that's going to happen, so you put yourself in a better position, and and I think it's very important to, like you said, stay that even keel because you know, I mean a lot of guys you know what I mean can feed off of that. You mean you might be having a bad day, but if you stay, if you stay, hey, you know what I mean, hey, I'm going to get this next one or whatever. It can help the other players out also. Do you want to give national exposure to the person that taught you how to throw? <laughs> I mean, I, I, the funny this, this this is pretty funny because um, growing up as a kid, I always would throw, and my brother would be like, "Why do you throw like that?" You know what I mean? Come on! And I've never I never saw myself throw, so I'm like, "No, this is the way I've always thrown." He was like, no, you got to do this, do that. I, I go, no, this is the way I throw. And I, didn't, I did not know what he was talking about until, like, I mean, because I never watched myself play until I think it was, like, a high school game. Like, oh, my gosh, I look like that. <laughs> so I will not watch myself throw. So I have, I, that's something that I've, I've done all my life. You know, now, I, now that I look back, knowing my brother was yelling at me all those years. And <laughs> I, I, I hate it. I, I wish I could change it but that's the only way I know how to get it to first base accurately. <laughs> when I read the fact that you said you don't like to watch videotape of you, and you said, I just simply hate the way I throw, and I just kind of had to laugh about that. Being a first baseman of myself, I used to see some of my uh, third base guys over there throw a ball that would break about a, a half foot coming <laughs> to you. <laughs> Tell me about the coordination between you and second base, any second baseman, because I thought that that chemistry between the two is so special. How long does that usually take to develop, and what are the nuances of of, of developing a relationship with a good second baseman. Um, well, the first thing you know, uh, here in St. Louis up until this past year, you know, what I mean, it's been a re- revolving door, so it has, <laughs> has to go pretty quickly. And, and so, and, and actually, we have a great infill coach, Jose Okendo, who who really gets us on board. But it's one of those things you need to know where the guy's going to be at. You, know, you need to be able to say, "Hey, I'm going over in the hole. You come up the middle." You got to have great communication between both guys. Um, you need to know where the feeds are going to be at. You know um, how he throws the ball, what angles he's going to throw the ball from um, when he gets a ground ball trying to turn two 
uh, and as opposed for me giving him the feed where he likes to feed at, so he will be best have the best ability to turn a double play. Um, those are the most important things out there, and just being able to work as a team. You know, like sometimes you might get a feeling, especially with a man on first, and you think it's going to be a hit and run situation, and the guy's throwing a slider. You know, and usually on a, on an off speed pitch, you know, I mean, the the second baseman will will cover the base because the guy will pull it. But if the guy's located outside, and he feels like he's going to hit over there. I mean, just having the communication, knowing where to be able to. Um, I mean, best best help the club out, and you I mean the most important thing is that you got to get along. You know, what I mean, without the communication between those two guys, it's going to definitely be a hole in the in the defense. David, when you think back about the 2002 World Series championship with the Angels when they beat the Giants, and then with the Cardinals uh, win, of course, uh, of the World Series in, 19, in 2006, what was the catalyst of each of them for that success? Um. Uh, 